very, I prefer God over coincidence. It's very humbling, right. I think, too. And then from there, it was when I was 19, I had my spiritual awakening. I kind of have this experience as though I'm being taken to another dimension. Like, I just kind of go, and suddenly, like, everything's black. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Trip Podcast. This is a 10-part series of conversations with leaders from the fields of entertainment, medicine, business and beyond, all sharing their own unique experiences and perspectives towards psychedelics. And this week's episode was super fun because Jordan River stopped by. Jordan River is the creator of the Spirit Science YouTube channel. This is a YouTube channel that I've been following for the past couple of years, and I was super excited to get the chance to sit down with Jordan. Uh, Before I go in to all of that, I also want to let you all know that I got a lot of shows coming up this spring and summer. I'm doing Irvine, the Irvine Improv, on Thursday, April 13th. Uh, I'll be out at UC Santa Barbara, my alma mater, performing at Embarcadero Hall on April 22nd. And then I'm out in Pasadena at the Ice House on May 12th, uh, up in San Francisco at the Setup on May 6th, High Vibe Festival on May 7th, up in Northern California. And I'm taping my debut comedy special May 19th and 20th in San Diego, California. So if any of y'all around San Diego, or if you feel like coming out to California to see just how crazy shit gets out there, uh, San Diego is going to be the spot. Mic Drop Comedy Club on May 19th through 20th, taping four shows that weekend. It's going to be insane. It will be a trip for sure without the drugs, but you can do them if you want. I don't condemn or condone taking psychedelics and coming to my comedy shows because it'll either make it way better or way wilder. Um, either way, tickets are up at brettpella.com slash shows. And this episode of the podcast was super cool because Jordan River is a mutual friend uh, of one of my good friends, Nate Stein, Equanimous. He was on an earlier episode of the show. And I've been watching Jordan's channel for years, um, Spirit Science. It's, you might recognize the lead character, Patchman. Uh, as uh, uh, Jordan's kind of spokesman of the channel. And he goes into all types of topics on that YouTube channel. It's it's really incredible from the flower of life to the Anunnaki to psychedelics to breathwork and all these other amazingly, amazingly deep topics, um, all for the all with the intention of furthering your own wellness, your own spiritual wellness, emotional wellness, mental wellness, and, and so much more. Um, Jordan stopped by to share a bit about the early days of the YouTube channel, uh, how psychedelics kind of inspired his own growth creatively uh, and his own personal growth, and so, so, so much more. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Doc Parsley's Sleep Remedy. Now, I travel across the country doing stand-up shows at night on all different sides of America, the East Coast, the West Coast, the Middle West, Middle East, all all, all the different places. So my body is always trying to get used to different time zones, which means my rest and my recovery and my sleep is constantly being affected. That's why I bring Doc Parsley's Sleep Remedy with me on the road because it helps me ease into sleep with its natural ingredients, including L-tryptophan, magnesium, and other key compounds that can help your body ease into a relaxed state and assist in you waking up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the next day. It comes in teabag form or capsule form. So if you don't like drinking a bunch of water late at night, get the capsules and cruise over to docparsley.com slash Brent to learn more about my 
favorite sleep supplement and get a discount on your order. And this episode of the podcast also brought to you by Odyssey. Odyssey is a sparkling energy drink with 85 milligrams of caffeine from green tea. That's roughly the same amount of caffeine that you get in a cup of coffee. However, in my own personal experience, the caffeine from green tea that's put into these Odyssey sparkling elixir tonics does not give me the jitters and, and the anxiety that caffeine usually does when I'm chugging a bunch of coffee. Uh, Odyssey is also made with 2,500 milligrams of mushrooms, not magic mushrooms, not yet anyways, as you might find out when I talk to the CEO of Odyssey, Scott Froman, a little bit later in the Good Trip podcast series. Uh, this energy drink has lion's mane and cordyceps designed specifically to free your mind, stimulate your mind, and give you a smooth energy that can last you through the day. You can find Odyssey in a whole bunch of stores if you head to odysseyelixir.com. Uh, also check out Amazon because they ship through Amazon. So you can get Odyssey delivered directly to your door. Incorporate Odyssey into your life to get a swift boost of energy and your life might just become an Odyssey. How fun is that? And now, please enjoy this uninterrupted trip with Jordan River. And I think this is probably true for anyone. One spiritual awakening is not, you can't really t t claim it as your own. Right. So much as it is the accumulation of knowledge and wisdom and inspiration from all the different things that have ever happened in your life, which come together within yourself and your heart and your mind that create a sense of unity or purpose or understanding that leads you to evolve in your consciousness and become a better person. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are. I mean, on a human level too, or, or don't we just take things that we see and experience in our environment and re just reuse those to create who we are Absolutely. and the way we interact with the world. Yeah. So you, you were animating since when you were a kid? I was 12. You were 12 when you started. What, what were some of the first things you were drawing? First thing I, I did was a stick figure fight on the side of a dictionary. Awesome. <laughs> I spent most of grade six, you know, uh -huh. 12 years old, most of grade six burning through dictionaries. Really? And, and, you know, the teacher would be like, and so this is how you multiply six by 12. And I would be there in the class just doing like stick figure, next page, next page, you know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. putting together this like. Oh, yeah. Like a flip book. I started getting. Yeah, exactly. I started getting really creative and like using pencil crayons and getting colors in there so that when the stick figure got stabbed, there'd be all the red blood and then the alien ship. Yeah. Would come, oh, that's would so cool. Come down off the top corner. And wow. Really elaborate. And I had like, you know, this much space to work with. Yeah. Like an inch of, of page edges. Yeah, exactly. What inspired that? Were you just a creative kid? Did you grow up like around any artists in your family or anything? Not Really, I think it must have been <laughs> must have been TV. I mean, I I grew up loving uh, cartoons and animation, and you know, a Sailor Moon was the first anime that I ever saw, and then yeah. Dragon Ball and Pokemon and Digimon and all those shows. So I think I just had an affinity for animation, and when I realized I could do it myself, uh, despite you know, even in a, such a simplified manner, it was just really appealing. Like I like to think maybe the you know the divine mind was working through me in a way. Because by the inspiration itself, if I hadn't had that inspiration, spirit science wouldn't exist today. Right. And, you know, we could describe it in this way. Of course, you know, it, there's many, di many different ways of saying it. But you, you could say if you're more on the spiritual side that God was kind of working through me, had a plan for me, had this whole vision, but had to get me learning how to make cartoons early on so that I would be ready to go mm -hmm. by the time that my spiritual awakening came around. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, or you could also look at it and just say, wow, it's a string of coincidences and synchronicities that led to the creation of this thing in the future that would 
uh, help people. Well, the former sure sounds cooler. Than- <laughs> I prefer God over coincidence. It's very humbling, I think, too, because then it, it's, and it's, it's both humbling and it takes humility. And I think this is true for anyone to acknowledge, you know, um, that it's, it's, it's not, yeah, just to claim, to claim ownership over everything that you've done and not acknowledge anybody else. You know, as it said, as it is said, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like to just give it all to God, give it all to spirit and say, glory to God. I, I have no idea what the plan is even for me. And every day I'm just doing my best to walk in the path and let him write his story through me because he can make a much better story than I ever could. Yeah. And you had no idea when you were 12 drawing stick figures, killing each other where that was going either. Isn't, you know, isn't that cool? You could start doing something that you're interested in at a young age and it turns into an entire career and a life. But in, in that age, the, your sense of innocence and your lack of awareness is like your greatest gift. Because it do, your lack of awareness doesn't allow you to get lost in the what's this going to become sensation, right? And the thinking of like, what's the future of this? What is it even worth drawing this stuff? Like, no, you're just in the moment drawing bloody stick figures on the side of a dictionary having an awesome time, right? Yep. Yeah. So I think that's super cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch, what, what were other cartoons you watched? There's a lot of anime in there. Did you ever watch other like Saturday morning cartoons? Oh, like yeah, Recess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recess, yeah. Weekenders. Pepper Ann, uh, maybe not so much of that. Not, no, what about Monsters Inc. or Avril Monsters was big. Um, Being in Canada, there's probably- oh, that's right. There's yeah, been a crossover because a lot of the shows I remember would always have that, like Made in Toronto or have right. Canada symbol. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. And where did what part of Canada did you grow up in? Manitoba. Manitoba. Yeah. Kind okay. Of smack in the middle of Flatland. Yeah. Yeah, slurpy um, capital of the world. Is that really what it is? Yeah, I, there's some weird obsession I think that the Manitobans or the Winnipeggers have with Slurpees. I, really? I, I don't know if we, we we're still the capital. I think so, but like there was this whole thing of you know it gets to be like minus thirty Celsius, minus yeah. forty in the middle of the winter Crazy. sometimes, and uh, and yet still we're like it's minus forty. Let's go get a frozen drink. Insane. Because <laughs> because if we don't, we're gonna lose our title. <laughs> And isn't that 7-Eleven has a Slurpee? Yep, that's yep, what it is, right? 7-Eleven, yeah. That's so yeah. funny, dude. Yeah, and then if we're 7-Eleven, would put it up all on the billboards. Hey, uh-huh. Winnipeg, congratulations, Slurpee Capital. And people are like, let's go get, you know, that just spurs more sales. Wow, that's <laughs> wild. So you yeah. got Slurpees as a kid. Oh, yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> what was ours? We got um, tacos from Del Taco, yeah, which is like, yeah. I mean, looking back now, that, like to me now, that's po- that's like poison. That's gross. Like a fast food taco from Del Taco. Yeah. Uh, but back then, I remember in high school, we would get like thirty for three of us, and wow. it was such a different, <laughs> it was such a different like approach to like life. And now I just treat my body with love and care. But back then, it was like, yeah, we're sixteen, we'll live forever, <laughs> we're chilling. You Things know? really change when you grow up. You yeah. get some new perspectives, maturity, and you start to age, and you realize, wait a second, I mm-hmm. can prolong my life a little bit if I treat my body well. Yeah. But I, I don't know that everybody always has that thought as well. You know, no. Some people just McDonald's when they're 60s and they're like, that's great. Yeah, yeah. It works for them. And you get in that routine and it's a pattern of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so you stick figure drawings on the mm-hmm. side of dictionaries. What was the next phase after that? Uh, then I learned that I could do it on a computer. Okay. And uh, so I was 13 and I just started uh, a new school, you know, junior high school. And there was a Mac lab 
which was filled with the 1984 Macintosh computers, like the old of the original Macintosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we uh, and by we, I mean one friend and I realized we could make cartoons using, I guess, their original version of Keynote. You know, it was like the old school PowerPoint kind of slideshow thing. Yeah. But you could draw shapes. So I started doing the stick figure fights there because I could just do a circle and I could do a four lines or five lines. And right. I could make the I could make this this thing and I was like the the way that you'd animate it afterwards you make this slideshow with a hundred frames and then you just go. Oh, you just press the button. You had to tap. You couldn't hold it. At least I remember I, I, I would I would be sitting there going like this. Maybe I could hold it and I never figured that out. But I would just be tapping like crazy. But then fortunately within about a month or so of that, one of the teachers saw what I was doing. And she's like, hey, you know, we have this software on this other computer. There's a newer computer and it's called Flash MX. And I'm like, oh, tell me about it. And she's like, well, look, you can make it's like what you're doing, but it's better. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> And that was really the beginning. You know, I started watching videos on, on the internet, like Homestar Runner mm-hmm. and, um, you know, going to Newgrounds and watching like these super old, you know, there was the E-Bombs World and all that. E-Bombs Black. World. There's wow. so many of these different sites. What a throwback. Sites. Yeah. I think, I think Newgrounds was my favorite as along with Homestar because Newgrounds was very much like you could just upload anything, everyone, everything by everyone was yeah. the motto or This slogan. is pre-YouTube. It was pre-YouTube. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My my first video I uploaded was, I was probably 13. It got blammed, which means like they, you know, you upload a video onto Newgrounds and then there's like a review process where you can vote on it. And if you get enough negative votes, it just gets deleted from the site because they had to preserve a level of quality. Oh, wow. Because there was a limited amount of storage space back then, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so yeah. there was like a review process. So my first video got blammed, but then I started making some things that were a little bit more elaborate and practicing more and the first video that I actually published, I guess, yeah, I was still 13, and it was called Devil May Cry Flash Edition. It's still <laughs> up available. You can watch it on Newgrounds. It's uh-huh. still there. And and it was like a parody where I, I did like 16 different styles, maybe not that many, but a bunch of different styles I was playing with to animate like a, a parody of the Devil May Cry video game, because that was something I was like super Oh, into. cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And then from there, you know, I did a Metal Gear Solid parody and a Kingdom Hearts parody, and and I just started experimenting. I started writing a story of my own and started animating that. And then from like 14 to 18 or so, I was animating the series called Exile, which is a book that I'm still writing and I want to do a wow. full production feature of it mm-hmm. one day. Um, but the, the you know, it's, it's kind of like a cross between if you mixed Star Wars and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and all of these, you know, epic So those are, those are three epic tales of, of good versus evil. It's, well, sort of, but Exile is my own story. Awesome. Inspired by all these different anime shows, movies, and things. Oh, but cool, it was all cool. put together into an original telling of an original story. Awesome. That um that I animated four episodes of. But they were so elaborate and I, I decided to make it really hard on myself. Like I could have done the mouth, you know, just two frames, just right, all right. the lip syncing, it could have been like uh-huh. Whenever just the characters up and down. Talk. instead, I hand drew every mouth individually throughout the entire thing. So, and and that was just I know it was insane. And so every episode took about a year to produce. Whoa! And that would be how I would spend my evenings. Like three, I would go to school, I'd come home, and like three to five hours every night, I was just working on these cartoons, wow. and telling these stories. And so I did that from fourteen to eighteen or nineteen. Did you put any of these out? At the yeah, t- four, and they're still out. You said four full episodes. Awesome. Yeah, they're all up on my YouTube and Newgrounds and stuff. Cool. And then from there, it was when I was nineteen. I had my spiritual awakening. I just finished college, and um, finished college at nineteen is going to sound crazy to Americans. 
Yeah, well, it was 18, 18 and 19, okay. you know, and um, and I, I was right at the end of being 19. I was almost 20. Okay. I was finishing at two years of college where I did video. I actually took DMT in college. Mm-hmm. That's not a joke. Was that? Digital multimedia technology. Oh, that was a class. Okay, great. Now, and, now, and then they changed it to digital media design because I think a few, year la- few years later they realized. Really? They probably, well, or maybe design was a more appropriate sure. name. But, but the course was called DMT. I didn't even know what that meant mm-hmm. back then. But um, I, I, I took the, that two years of that and I learned like After Effects and web design and more graphic design. My art skills improved and all that stuff. Um, in some regards, I ended up teaching the 2D animation class because I was more advanced than my teachers were as far as 2D animation goes. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, because you had just been doing it for so long. That happened in high school as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a computer graphics class and they were like, all right, now Jordan's going to teach the class for the next three days. We're going to learn <laughs> Adobe Animate or Adobe Flash. And so that was really fun. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it all came together. I was just at the finishing the tail end of college. I had a spiritual awakening and I was watching, you know, extra credits and these other YouTube content and spirit science just came about as a result of kind of putting all the pieces together. Mm. And originally I was only going to make 12. Mm-hmm. That was going to be it. I, you know, I, I, I made the episode about thoughts and chakras astral projection, meditation, dimensions. And then mm. I was like, the finale is going to be this human history movie. It's going to be like five parts because it's so much talk about Atlantis, fall mm. of Atlantis, all mm-hmm. this stuff. And then I'm just going to go like this and I'm going to see what else is out there for me in my life. I'll probably keep doing the spiritual stuff. I'm very, very interested in it, but we'll just see what happens after these 12. And then Spirit Science got so popular so fast. Mm-hmm. I was inundated with messages. I'd never seen that level of success. And everybody was asking for more and i felt there was this responsibility to keep going with it and to keep growing it yeah and so i did awesome now um did you grow up with spirituality at all any semblance of it no actually well my parents took me to church when i was a kid Mm -hmm. you know we would go to sunday school or well (laughs) it was sunday school for me um you know but we would go to sunday church service um and i always hated it and didn't get it i always had to wear these like really you know suit like shirts tight conservative style like yeah yeah oh shudder just thinking yeah (laughs) not fun times and but we would go into you know we'd go to sunday school and sometimes we would get to watch like veggie tales and stuff so that was fun um but i just didn't get it i didn't have any sort of connection with it and so when when we finally stopped going i was relieved and i didn't really think about it my family didn't really push any spiritual agenda or anything like that they're just like let him figure out whatever he wants to figure out Mm -hmm. so i went through a wave where i just didn't think about it and then i went through a wave of being like a very severe atheist being like like, severe atheist yeah i was really like i mean i i I think what triggered that was i watched religious by bill maher oh my god yeah (laughs) which is really a very i haven't seen that so long yeah yeah so funny and yet at the same time, I watch it now and I'm like, actually, this is like really arrogant. I, 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 I find myself disagreeing with a lot of it because he's asking these pointed questions, not letting the people responding and then putting in these like kind of like comedic sound effects and yeah. stuff to like make fun of them and their answers when, yeah, it just didn't seem like appropriate now. But back in the day, I, I saw that and I was like, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, these people don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Bill Maher is a genius, and and I was really into him and his work and his show and his stand-up routines. Um, and uh, kind of went through yeah, like a wave of atheism until uh, until I wasn't. I don't know. Something really shifted. Like I think it was. Let me see. 
I met some people who introduced me to The Secret. You know, the, the, secret. the, the yep. movie The mm-hmm. Secret. Yeah. And, um, and along with that, one of the people introduced me to Chakras and Reiki. Mm. And I was like, I've never heard of this before, but I'm very curious. <laughs> it was funny because I was actually invited to this. Um, was it? It's like a gathering of... It was like a meetup, I guess like a business, digital media, graphic meetup event that my school was kind of not not facilitating, but some of the people within this, the school were like facilitating and other local entrepreneurs and business owners would come and everyone's just there jerking each other off, mm-hmm. giving each other business cards, you know, right. and it was network city, just, it was networking city. And yeah. it just was, it was kind of strange. Like I didn't really feel like I fit in there, but there, there's, a, there was this one woman who was just kind of sitting by herself. And I was like, let me go say hi. Cause I got no one else to talk to. And she's like, yeah, I'm a Reiki master. And, and, and everyone else is like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm CEO of this and I mm-hmm. do this design and I'm an artist and I'm a video person. I'm a web person. She's like, I'm a Reiki master. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you master rakes? You <laughs> good at sleeping up leaves? <laughs> so she explained it to me. And I was like, this is, I've never heard of your energy. Uh, What's energy? You know, I mean, like electric, what are you talking about? And so we talked a lot that night and she invited me over to her place. And then her friends introduced me to the secret and some crystals and stuff. And I watched the secret and I was just like, Wow. Because my, my whole awareness of reality was starting to shift on its head. And I'm like, everyone, if we just be happier, we'll be happier and life will be better. Come on. Like, and, yep. and everyone around me, my parents especially, were like, oh, my God, just shut up. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, no, you can't just make yourself be happy and then life is better. That's not, <laughs> that's not how it works. And I was convinced that was how it worked. Yeah. And so um, that just kind of started the process. I started learning a little bit more about all of these subjects and then my mom actually dropped on i'm sitting down reading or something and she drops the ancient secret of the flower of life on my lap wow and turns out she had this this kind of a secret stash of spiritual wisdom with her for a very long time and she told me that she had essentially grown up having a lot of mystical experiences you know and even in her old she grew up in nova scotia and on their farm there was a lot of ghost activity and like Mm. strange paranormal things that would happen and so she understood this mystical spiritual stuff and she had read some books and had some crystals and you know she was kind of into it all um but she kept it very much on the down low because back in the day if you talked about that amongst the people anyone for the most part there was just going to be ridicule and scorn Mm -hmm. there was a stigma there's a stigma and she didn't want to expose me to that because then if I was into it, then I went to school and I would be like, hey, so crystals right. and energy people would be like, oh, my God. Right. I'm, he's already the laughingstock. He <laughs> he's already drawing making, on dictionaries. He, he, yeah, he, does, <laughs> he doesn't play sports. He makes cartoons. No one else does that. Right. He already gets some kind of, you know, let's just let him be. And I was mad at her for a while because I was like, how did you have all of this awareness? And didn't tell me. <laughs> She's like, well, you needed to find it out on your own. I'm like, no, I didn't. I could have been meditating since I was 12. <laughs> so, um, but bless her heart. And she was, you know, doing her best to protect me. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so she drops this book and I open it up. The first thing I'm reading is like, there's a sphere under the Sphinx that holds the records of ancient Atlantis and da, da, da. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I just poured through the book and I basically spent the next like three months just studying those texts and some other things that I was, other books that I had at the time. But those ones were by far the most impactful to me. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I 
I mean, that, that was the beginning of spirit signs. And even the name spirit signs, I remember I was, I think I was meditating one evening and then I, I got up and I was like cleaning my bookshelf in my bedroom. And then suddenly I just like, it was like a flash of light in my mind. Spirit signs, that's the mm -hmm. name. Because I was like, I want to make a video about this or make a, and it was like, ooh, make this series. Call it spirit signs. I was like, yes, yeah, of course. That's it. That's a download, dude. Yeah, that's no, what you yeah, got. that's I got awesome. The download, and yeah, then I installed it mm -hmm. and I uploaded it. <laughs> yeah, and then you taught the class about it. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. did, did did psychedelics play a role within that awakening period as well? Mm. Um, and even prior to that, you know, it, it sounds like maybe your upbringing in a religious adjacent family um, would I would assume would be a bit conservative toward things like drugs and psychedelics. Absolutely. Well, I had never even heard of psychedelics, right? I took DMT in college, but I had no idea what As the that class. meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. As the class. Um, but I was introduced to cannabis right around the age of 18. And that was, that was before any spiritual, like I wasn't even thinking about spiritual stuff. I was pre-atheism even. Mm-hmm. But I, I went to a house party with some friends and they were smoking weed. And I was like, mm, I've never heard of this. What is this <laughs> green thing that you are putting in your, you know, mm. in your, in your lungs. And so, um, so I had it and instead of just having it and then like chilling with everyone, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to go lay down. And I, I went and laid down and I was like, everything I'm like, I was like seeing stars and like feeling like my whole body was made of stars and light and, mm -hmm. and almost as if all of the cells were particles that were shimmering. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I have to get some of this for myself. <laughs> and I quickly learned that my parents did not approve. Yep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had, that's I, a fast lesson to learn. I, I had it thrown out uh, or, or flushed down the toilet. Really? Uh, no time. way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. My, my mom caught me and my brother. What a funny way to get rid of weed. <laughs> I mean, well, because if it's in the garbage, you can always go back and get I, it. Yeah. I guess you can go back and get it, but <laughs> just like if it clogs the pipes and you bring somebody over, they're going to be like, Hey, you, um, <laughs> you know, just call me before you flush it down and I'll take care of it for you, you know, mm -hmm. uh -huh. but keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but it, it became this like remedy for me because it, I realized through it just how much stress I actually had. I, it, I would use it to calm down and to relax when after going through junior high and high school where I faced a lot of, especially junior high, there was so much bullying and so much stigma and so much stress from I just didn't know how to relate with the world and I struggled with you know just just a lot of different things you know a lot of personal human stuff that I think everyone probably grows up with smoking cannabis was just like this this ultimate like here this will help you solve everything and I was like yeah it will and I I became also very pro like I started to look at the world in a different way like growing up I felt like I was a blank slate my parents mm. led maybe led me to believe by their lack of instruction that the world was just perfect there was no problems with you know maybe there's some issues in society and a little bit but for the most part society runs like an organized system Everyone kind of has their place in life. Every, everything works. Society has its gears and everything's moving along and there's nothing to worry about. And when I started smoking weed, I was like, wait, no, like things aren't right because this should be legal. And the fact that I'm getting yeah. so much trouble yeah. for smoking weed, uh, something is seriously wrong here. And I started becoming kind of like very pro 
legalization and talking about it and that would be, that created more friction with my parents because they were like if you if you have it if you if you know if, if you're caught like that'll be the end of our career you know like Whoa. there was a fear from them because they're yeah. working professionals they're very wonderful people in the world and they don't want me their children to put them in jeopardy mm -hmm. you know and so um i had to be very careful with it but i i, I started you know creating some conflict in the family because I was like, this is retarded. Like, the way that we're treating this stuff is this is insane. Yeah. And we need to, this needs to be rectified. So, um, so, so I think, I, I think the cannabis played a big part of me starting to look at the world as less than the ideal situation that it was. Mm -hmm. And it, it also opened up the door into politics alongside Bill Maher. I think that's actually what led me to him and his material a little bit because he would, he would talk about and make jokes about cannabis being illegal and he was following the legalization in, Can in California movement. And I was like, yeah, I hope if, if California legalizes, they'll be the first and then everyone's going to follow. It'll be great. Mm -hmm. People shouldn't be going to jail for 20 years for having a bag of weed. Yeah. You know? and, um, and so I, I, you know, I started learning about politics, learning about, you know, and that opened the door to the religion and stuff. But then cannabis was also like the... The, the turning point, I think, that like definitively set my, my, my heart and my mind in a sort of unity as far as my spiritual awakening goes. Because, you know, I, I met these people and they introduced me to the subjects and I was learning about it. But um, somewhere in there, and I actually kind of don't, I, I don't really know the order of when and how this happened. But at one point I was smoking weed after college with my friends in their car. And I had what can only be described as like a transcendent mystical experience where I, I remembered smoking it and I was looking at the bowl as I was smoking it and it just looked different. Almost as if like my awareness itself did a 90 degree turn, you know, mm. like something changed and I couldn't explain it. And I was like, what? You know, and I was okay. And I passed it around and I'm like, all right, so, but it's in me. And then we, we, we drove around for another minute and parked and, um, and then all of a sudden, we were just chatting. All of a sudden, I kind of have this experience as though I'm being taken to another dimension. Like I just kind of go, and suddenly like everything's black. And then there's this singular point of light right here. And then all like coming down from it is like a, a web of information and energy. Kind of looks like a, you know, like a neural net. Sure. That's yeah. coming from the singular point. But the experience of it was not separate from me. Although I was looking at it, I also understood that what I was seeing and experiencing was the complete unity of all things with all things. Mm. It was like, here's all creation. Very simplified, right? Because the universe is very big. Yeah. But here's all creation and that all thoughts, all actions, all planets, all stars, all animals, all life, all rocks, all everything, everything is all intricately connected to this one thing. And that there is no separation, period, in anything. And the experience seemed to last both a lifetime and then it was over in a flash. Like it was like I was there and I was suddenly back. In the car with your friends. In my car with my Which is a yeah. wild place to have that type of experience. <laughs> I mean, you know, even if you were just zoning out for a couple seconds having this experience, they must have looked at you like, hey, bro. Mm -hmm. You good? No, I freaked out. <laughs> I freaked out. Well, two of my friends had left right before. Like we, we, they left and we drove around, parked, and then so it was me and the driver. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I was not in the driver's seat, and yeah. I was about to get out too. But I suddenly was just like, "Oh my god, I understand everything!" <laughs> like I, I, and I kind of freaked out, like very excitedly. You know, not in a not in a scary way, but I was just I was so excited, 
and I didn't know how to explain it. And she was like, oh, you inhaled for the first time, huh? Ah, hilarious. That's so funny, dude. I'm like, no, I've inhaled before. I promise you. Um, This was different. Maybe it was just really good. It was really good weed. But it it also is, uh, in my experience at least, um, rare to have that type of experience on something like cannabis as opposed to LSD, mushrooms, something deeper, ibogaine, something mm-hmm. else, iboga, you know. Yeah. Um, so, like, ha- have you had that deep of an experience with weed since? Is that, do you think that's like a your personal interaction with the substance? You know, I it's interesting. I think that a little, in, to some degree, spirit used the weed as a mechanism, a vehicle to come, to, to draw me a little bit closer to it or him or mm-hmm. her, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... That was the best mechanism that was available at the time because I'd never cool. even heard yeah. of psychedelics or anything of this. Still sort. up to that point, you Still weren't. Up. Yeah, you know, I, I'm. Yeah, no, actually, that's true. I, I don't think that at that point I'd even read. I hadn't read the Flower of Life yet. That was before I read that book, and that's mm-hmm. that was the one that you know he mentions LSD and society and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I might have heard, you know, of like hippies and something drugs, about mushrooms but, randomly, but, but no, it, it, it never would have even con- cognitively registered in my mind as to what that meant or what it was. Yeah, and so yeah, moving from from that point. Um, you know, that, again, that was a kind of a trigger point for me. And then I, I still would smoke. We, I didn't really, I wasn't fully meditating back then. But since then, just to answer your question, I would say I, I have and have not had that kind of experience with, um, with weed since. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I mean, I, I can use it and often do. If I do use it, it'll be very consciously in the sense of like, all right, I'm going to smoke some weed and I'm going to go and meditate or I'm going to use it for a specific purpose. You know, I don't really use it much lately for anything outside of that. And lately, I mean, even the last few months, I've barely been called to it at all. Like, I don't really see it as very necessary. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit here and there. But in the past, in the, in the last 11, 12 years, um, mostly if I had it, I would sit down and then I would meditate, you know, and just kind of use it to go within. And from that perspective, I would have a lot of these really mystical experiences and kind of bring my body of consciousness mm-hmm. into resonance and harmony with itself. And that would be a really valuable reason to use it for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, at the same time, you know, and then, you know, there's, there's always times where you use it recreationally just for fun and stuff yeah, like that. Cause it makes a movie cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, but, but I've never since then had the experience with weed where, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, just spontaneously yeah, right. in another dimension and being right. shown something. So nothing that stands out to me anyways. Usually it's like, okay, I'm going to use it to draw myself closer to spirit rather than spirit being like, he needs to know this. Yeah. Bring, bring <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. So, the, and, and this experience that you had in the car was still pre-spirit science, right? Yeah. So what uh, and and in between this experience and getting into spirit science, did you did did this experience encourage you to start learning about other medicines and other substances? That's what yeah, well it it definitely it started kind of everything. It wasn't like now I need to know what LSD is, yeah. but it was like now I just I need to I need to go full bore into this journey and I my life was never going to be the same again. Yeah. You know, my mom thought that I was going to get a job at Disney making cartoons. Mhm. Uh, or animations, you know, working on their, their, you know, working on the next Aladdin remake. I don't know, whatever, yeah. you know, some some two D thing, but uh, ever, but but no, like, 
from that moment especially, it was like I am 100% committed to whatever this path is that is a complete mystery to me, but it's clearly the answer to the big question mark, you know, and that answer being the mystery of spirituality, mm -hmm. the mystery of what, what is a human and what does it mean to go within and what do we find when we go within and why is it that the more that we do that, the more lightness, the more joy, the more happiness, the more peace, you know, that we find when we start reconciling the different paradoxes that are within us and out in our lives. And what good can be done when we live from that place? Because it seems as though the world is not as harmonious as I once thought it to be. And could it be that this inward path is the answer to the outward disharmony that we struggle with mm -hmm. societally, collectively, mm -hmm. right? Because there's wisdom teachings and wisdom traditions in every culture, right? There's, 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 there's so many different paths that we can take. And uh, my dear friend, Master Elijah shared with me just recently, he's like, there's, there's good people in every tradition, but, but most traditions or within most cultures, there's still a lot of people, they might outwardly say that they practice this spiritual path, but they still are not doing good, genuine good mm. in, their, in their lives or in the world. So how is it that, you know, we've got all these different religions with all these different teachings, is it that the teachings are wrong or is it that the people are just, they've kind of lost their way a little mm. bit. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, the answer was, well, if I can go within and kind of reconcile these paradoxes and, and, and come to know myself better as the ancient Greeks and so many <laughs> different people have said, know thyself, right? If, if I can know myself, if I can grow as a person, maybe I can also help point others towards themselves so that all of us can find a little bit more peace and make the world a better place. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's really cool. And 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 on this journey of of self discovery and self understanding, um, I'm starting to see little tree branches on on uh, coming out of that journey. Like uh, medicines, you mm -hmm. know, helping you do this. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. uh, encouragement from friends and family, but then there there also seems to be like a deeply rooted interest in history mm -hmm. for you. Did you always have that? Because I've, I've watched a lot of the videos that you've done and, and there's such a deep teaching of like histories, like amazing, incredible histories of people and groups of people that I've never heard of before or like ways of thought and schools of thought that I never thought existed and, and, and ways of looking at things as taught by this person and his, um, you know, his, uh, the person that he apprenticed under. Um, so did, did your footsteps into working with medicines more and more also intertwine with a growing la uh, uh, a growing interest in history mm. like um, how did those two things start to come together you know i think i think that the the way that they they kind of fit together it really was put together so well in the ancient secret of the flower of life which contained everything mm -hmm. because i read the history story of atlantis in there and I wanted to animate it. I also learned about how it fits into the bigger picture and the, the awakening that we're going through today with, I mean, you know, with the psychedelics and the, the hippie LSD sixties, you know, and everything that happened then, like it was, it was all put together in a complete picture. So I kind of got the picture first mm -hmm. and that deepened my understanding and, and then also compelled me to want to be a part of it 
I guess, you know, like learn more about the history, read more of the ancient stuff, because I was raised in the world where, you know, I got the traditional Western understanding of history and I slept through a lot of my history class, honestly. Like it was, yeah, always, the, it was always the earliest class in the morning and like my teacher, <laughs> bless his heart, he let me sleep. So the first half of the class I had it right. face, <laughs> face down in my desk and they were just like, yeah, just let him do that. Mm -hmm. It's all good. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I wasn't really, I didn't really like, the, I didn't really care so much about the his, historical stuff until all of the spiritual awakening. And then I was suddenly interested in everything. Right. And I wanted to know the, the actual truth. So I would learn history from the perspective of, say, the Chinese or the Japanese or the the Muslims and then the, you know, the Christians and the Orthodoxy and then the, the Catholic, you know, kind of how they fit together. And then the Greek and then the, you know, all of these different pictures and trying to understand how they fit together, even, you know, going back older than that, the Sumerians and the Egyptians and looking at the, you know, the Gobekli Tepe and these mm -hmm. ancient sites and the, you know, the ruins in Africa that show that humans were doing stuff over there. Maybe they're gold mines from 25 or sorry, 250,000 years ago. Mm. There's like a lot of strange anomalies in our history that don't really seem to fit in the picture of the puzzle. And that was where I wanted to, I, I just put my focus of study. And that's kind of where the Sumerian epic came from. That was one of my, my biggest projects. It's still kind of ongoing. But I, you know, we had the story of this, like the Anunnaki and Nibiru and the, all of these things. And I wanted to go and read the actual Enuma Elish, the actual translations of this, the cuneiform Sumerian tablets and then animate it and tell that story and wow. see, is there validity to mm -hmm. the story of Nibiru and the story of the Anunnaki and this and that? Like, let's find out. I'm not claiming it is. You know, because with the human history movie originally, it was like, this is the way that it is. Because I was just essentially animating it from the text, not necessarily, I wasn't approaching it with that, like, it's very analytical, yeah. even doubtful, you know, like a you, scientific you were kind minded. of You were kind of taking in information and kind of regurgitating it out for uh, an audience, in, uh, using yeah. your own voice. Correct. But you hadn't fully immersed yourself in order to create a perspective that maybe sidesteps all of the things you were learning. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and adds to it. I I've received a lot of criticism from the spirit science audience from that in the, in the very beginning, because I wasn't asking as many detailed ah, questions as I might have needed okay. to yeah. in order to get the best perspective. Yeah. And so the Sumerian epic was an essentially a, a way for me to put another good foot, a better foot forward as far as history goes and say, look, I don't know. I'm not claiming to have all the answers that the Anunnaki are real or what their role was if they are real in our history. But here's what the texts say. And here's the evidence. And decide for yourself. Here's ways that it, the story fits. Mm -hmm. Here's ways that maybe it doesn't so much. You know, a lot of the ideas came from Zechariah Sitchin um, about Nibiru and the Anunnaki. And maybe some of it's true, but maybe some of it's a little bit off base. And um, But people still may believe in it or not otherwise and i i wanted to make a a con you know a series or create some content that could provide clarity to the truth of the whole of the story yeah you know yeah that's awesome because yeah. that didn't exist before you did it it didn't yeah it didn't and i i went before spirit science existed i went out onto the internet and I tried to find people talking about this kind of stuff and i barely found anything and so even in the very first episode of spirit science i was like i want more people to talk about it with yeah you know and Probably with that voice too. I'm like, uh -huh. yeah. I hey everybody, I don't know what is going on, but I want more people to talk about spirituality with. So here we go. 
and from that point i mean it it grew up so fast and then now it's everywhere yeah you know now yeah. now you, there's no shortage of the spiritual stuff everyone's talking right. about it yeah no you're you it was a pioneering series for sure um i listened to a couple different podcasts you know aubrey marcus talks about things within that realm all the time um and a few others graham hancock oh, yeah. uh and Amazing, um man. Oh God, I can't believe I'm forgetting the other guy's name. I love him so much. Oh no, he's a professor, a uh, rogue rogue scholar is how he describes himself. Bigger guy, beard, mustache, professor mm. of geology and history things. He was on a podcast. Oh with, my God, why can't I think of his name? Joe Rogan, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, Hancock. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. He's the fucking man. I love him so much. We can't go on until we find this man's name. I saw... I, I wish that, I had an assistant here. I watched that podcast when we did the Sumerian Epic originally, and that was the last time I really got... Randall to Carlson. That's his name. Randall Carlson. Randall Sorry Carlson. to explode. Um, Beautiful soul. Yeah. I love Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Both of them are great. I love Randall to death. Yeah. Have you seen Ancient Apocalypse on Netflix yet? I have not yet seen it. Great. You know what it is? It is? I, yeah. I just became aware of it the other day. Cool. Yeah. So Graham Hancock made a show about everything that he's been studying for years. Um, it's really good. It's funny that, uh, because the, the topic is like, I don't think it's a dry topic. I think it's very exciting mm-hmm. and like fun to learn. Like I really truthfully enjoy learning about things of this nature and history and, and things like that. But I think a lot of the public would read what the show is about and just be like, oh God, I don't want to learn history again, you know? Because it's like, he's going to go to ancient sites and try to prove a hypothesis by looking at the weather patterns and the rocks and these things. But the way that they shot and edited it, you feel like you're watching like Jersey Shore mixed with like some other reality show mixed with like an action movie. It's crazy entertaining. It's like really, really cool. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So I was excited to see that because hopefully just like your uh, content is so um, digestible. It's very approachable. You know, it's very digestible for a quote mainstream audience. Um, that's a huge key, I think, in, in getting knowledge across, mm-hmm. you know, was that what, what was the inspiration behind Patchman? Was that part of it? Trying to figure out like a fun character nope. to communicate nope i didn't invent patchman oh you didn't no where did do you mind if i ask where patchman came from absolutely it's funny because i get like there's people on the internet you know maybe we call them trolls but mm-hmm. there's people who will go on and be like he didn't even invent patchman he bought it for 20 dollars." and i'm like actually it was 100 <laughs> but there's a story there and it's a beautiful story and i don't think that there's anything wrong with it no way you know, that's, that's we, uh, hala- a, first off that was hilarious yeah but, Okay. I, I want to hear the story. Again, God gave me everything I needed so that it would be very easy for me to to, to do what I was going to do. Because uh-huh. if I didn't have Patchman in my arsenal, I probably wouldn't have... Uh, it, it probably would have been an animated Jordan, you know, just like extra right. credits. And then today, we wouldn't have Patchman. Right. And so I'm very grateful for, for the whole story. But no, I received Patchman like a year prior. Well, I bought him a year prior before Spirit Science. And I had been working with him for like three years or two years before that. And so, uh, Patchman was first invented by a friend of mine uh, who went by the username Apple Juice mm-hmm. online. Um, he first c- contacted me because he had been watching my videos when I was 14. He actually lived in, in BC uh, when I was in Winnipeg. And now I live in BC. So maybe I should reach out to him. But 
he uh, he he was inspired by the cartoons and the content that I was making, and he's a year younger than me. So here's this 14 year old and a 13 year old, and he's like, "Hey, I really like your videos," and I'd be like, "Yeah, how do you do it? Oh, I, I, Adobe Flash." And he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go pirate it too." I'm like, "Yeah, me too. I, I did that. Everyone does. Nobody can afford it. You know, yeah, it was yeah, like three thousand yeah. dollars, and right. all the kids are using it. Right, right. <laughs> Adobe got smart with their subscription model. Yeah, this is back when you could pirate things. Yeah, I was oh, pirating yeah. movies. Everything. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, totally. that, was, that was the way. Kazaa, Shazam, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. So um, what happened was he created a bunch of characters, you know, and he was like, I'm going to make cartoons with all of these guys. And he's got a little guy with the, like 3D glasses and another guy who's Patchman, another guy who's like a little ball creature or whatever. And he was really excited about it, but his interests, you know, just fizzled out or changed rather, you know, for him and his life. Like he was really inspired and excited, but then he never did anything with the character. And maybe two or three years went by and here I am kind of just at the beginning of college or just at the end of high school. And I had been making Exile, that story I mentioned, mm -hmm. for three years now. And I'm like, it takes me a year to make an episode. This is absurd. Um, I don't, I, I, I want to do something short. I want to do something where I can make a video in like two weeks and publish it. Just for the, you know, because there's a, there's a payoff that comes with when you finally finish a thing and then you share it and then you, you see how, how many likes that it has mm -hmm. and people's comments and it, it, that, that really enriches the experience because you're not making the video just for yourself. If right. You, you, you know, people make content because they want to share it and they want to inspire others or get a laugh or whatever. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to get people laughing or, or to have, you know, just have a, a shorter term, turn, short term turnaround time between mm -hmm. starting a project and publishing it. And so I, I started thinking of these shorts, you know, like a short comedy skit that I could make that would take, you know, a week or two to make and I could publish it. And I had this idea for a, a, uh, this character and I started thinking of Patchman. Like Patchman just came to my mind. Um, I was like imagining him playing this, you know, this, this particular song and he's sprinkling salt on his morning toast for some reason, just like this, it was like, it was like slapstick nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Sprinkling salt in his toast. And then he, you know, it's not coming out. So he, he tries to open it and it gets in his eyes. And then there's like a minute, it's just like a minute long animation of him running around the house, trying to get it out of his eyes, but he keeps hurting himself more and more. Oh he goes to, he goes to get like cotton swabs and there's a little note that's like, Oh, I've replaced, um, I've replaced the eye drops with hot sauce and I've put toothpicks in the, in the <laughs> so, so, he, so he puts hot sauce in his eyes and then he tries to flush it down the toilet, you know, and, and he stabs himself in the eye with a toothpick and he's like, Aah! Oh my and then, God. And then it freezes and it goes, there's a visine for that. <laughs> Dude, that reminds me of, uh, did you ever watch the, the cartoon rejected? By, that sounds very familiar. Oh man, I gotta look this up too. Uh, I won't play it now because of the YouTube stuff, but I'll send it to you after. Rejected by Dan. Sounds very familiar. Or Don Hertzfeld. It was um, this style of drawing. Oh, oh yeah. Did you yeah. ever see that? And I there was so. one where like the guy started bleeding out of his ass. Yeah. And it yeah, was. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. terrible, but no, no, no. I have seen that. That, that it reminds me of this because it's like absurd and it's silly and yeah, it's crazy. You don't know what to make of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. And so I, I had the whole idea and I reached out to my friend, my apple juicy and friend. And mm -hmm. I said, Hey, can I make this thing with Patchman? I just have this funny idea. Do you mind if I, I got to interrupt? Did you, had you met him prior to this yet? Or was not, it still fr person. friends online? You're just online. Okay, cool. Keep I've going. never met him in person. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Wild. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I, I reached out to him and I asked if I could use Patchman and he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And I made the video in a week and a half or so and published it and it was great. It felt really good to make a video that didn't take a year to make. Mm -hmm. And I went, I want to do this again. And so then I got another idea. Um, that was a parody of the Dark Knight, with but with Patchman kind of being Batman, and he but he was, he was like hurting people in the street and like ripping their legs off, really <laughs> violent. And then all of a sudden, right right when he's like he's like eating this woman's head, suddenly um, he like slowly turns to look at the camera, and it like zooms out, and he's in his sister's bedroom, and he's like eating her dolls, and it's, it's just like it's all within his imagination. And and then you know his his sister's like. Oh, Patchman's in my room again, and he like jumps out of the window and run, <laughs> runs away into the night. And so once again, I wrote, reached out to my friend. I was, can I use Patchman? And uh, for this, and he's like, yeah, no problem, no problem. So I made that one, and then it happened again and again. And after the after I think the third video, he was like, listen, clearly, like I'm never going to use this character again. I'm not yeah. an animator anymore. Yeah, you're having so much fun with him. Why don't you just send me a hundred bucks? And we'll call it, you know, we'll call it an even sale and he's yours and you do whatever you want for him. You, you never have to ask me again for permission. He's just your character. Right. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a no, no, no brainer. Right. And I was 18 at the time. So I PayPal hundred bucks and Patchman and I've never been closer since. Amazing, dude. Yeah. Has he watched the growth of Patchman over the years? H have you guys stayed in touch? You know, I think the last time we talked was I was starting to make spirit science. I was probably like five or six episodes in and I think I sent him one of them mm -hmm. and I was like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I think that he was like, I really disagree with what you're sharing. Mm. I don't think I see any validity to this and I don't really like the trajectory, but I wish you well. I'm happy that you're doing what your heart is calling you to do. I wish you well, have a, have a great life. And I was like, Cool. That's a solid thing to say. Mm -hmm. That's a very solid thing to say. Mm -hmm. It's. I think that right. You. You might have been. How did. How. What was your response to that? I think I just said thank you and. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. There wasn't like a lot of conversation after that. Yeah. But I. I had that conversation a few times with a few friends mm -hmm. when I made spirit science. Mm -hmm. Like like, you know, I think I come to understand a little bit more of what Jesus meant when he said that. He's like when I you know I come not to bring peace but a sword. You know, because the sword is the thing that cuts between, you know, with different beliefs, different perspectives, cuts mm -hmm. the, you know, because the sword is the, is the idea of, especially like the, the clear mind, the sword of truth, you know, if you will. And I'm not claiming that I'm always in the right here, or that all spirit science is the truth, but sure. that, but that there was a very clear division that was created from me taking this path. And a lot of people who I grew up with, um, w who were my friends up until high school and college, when I shared this with them, a lot of people went okay, I'm not sure that I'm on the same wavelength here. Have a nice life. Mm. And there was a lot of separation. So I'm really not very close with most of the people who I grew up with anymore. Interesting. Um, from, yeah. from, from, from high school and college. Like there are a few friends who I, I still have from childhood that I, I really cherish those connections. But a lot of other people, we just kind of went our own way because I, I took this, especially back then, I think, I think today there's so much... Um, the, 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 the awareness of the spiritual subjects is a lot more tolerated, I guess, but it was so out there. Like you didn't have this choice of new age spirituality or in the, in the mainstream, it wasn't, there wasn't an acknowledgement or an, an awareness about it. Now, you know, today, like Pixar is making movies about the four elements, you know, yeah. Avatar, Airbender is yeah. out there. There's, they, even in that movie, Soul, 
that Pixar did, they're they the guys like open up your crown chakra and we're yeah. gonna go to the astral dimension, right? Yeah, like, totally. There's there's it's just everywhere now. Doctor Strange and the exactly, multiverse. Exactly, exactly. A lot of stuff. Yeah. But but back then that was uh not that was so not an available way of thinking. It was like you were atheist or you were Christian and, and generally you just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I wasn't just wanting to talk about it but making cartoons about it, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people went Ooh, and they they backed off. Yeah, they saw a distance between you guys. Yeah. Wow, interesting. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, um, I've experienced something similar on a on a smaller scale, uh, and I think it's the the similarity between our experiences is choosing to root yourself in what you feel is most authentic to put out into the world, right? Mm-hmm. And and as opposed, we were talking about this the other night when I when in the car when I was saying you know I I, I want to do and create things that have my perspective as unfiltered and raw as it can be because I hold on to the faith that that will attract people to me rather than trying to make things that I know will work or that I know will lean one way or the other about whatever topic just for likes and views and for a career, mm-hmm. right? Um, for me, it was like political videos mm-hmm. and any videos about trending culture and working with certain people and uh, topical stuff and news stuff and, and, and finding an angle that I thought was hilarious. And then, yeah, I got messages from friends that were like, dude, are you serious? Like, you really think this what's going on? And I was like, yep. I'm I'm, like, for a simple example is, um, I was anti mandate. I I didn't agree with the mandates of Mm -hmm. of any type. Uh, and I had friends that would message me and say like, bro, are you kidding? What are you, what are you doing right now? You're actively killing people. You realize that, right? And then like there would be, you know, a year or two where I just didn't hear from that friend. And then the next time I saw them, it would be weird. And I think that in my own, my own journey has led me to believe that that is a sacrifice in a way. That's part of um, the process of, of stepping into your own true, authentic creativity, you know, mm-hmm. sacrificing a relationship or, or being okay with a relationship either faltering or ending or not developing friendship, love, whatever it is, um, because you choose to stay so rooted in what you believe is important to talk about. Yeah. So that's really cool. That's really cool. And, and at, at what point now do psychedelics start to trickle in? Because mm-hmm. now at this point in your journey, as I can tell, we're, uh, we've, we've gotten Patchman on board. Mm-hmm. We're a couple episodes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm curious about like your first kind of wading into the waters of the medicine realm. Mm-hmm. So really how it all happened was, you know, from learning so much all at once, you know, it's like a singularity in my life. I hit a point of uh, uh, no going back and I'm interested in everything and I'm starting to learn about everything. I'm starting to learn that there's something called LSD and there's something called DMT or ayahuasca. And I set out on the road. I actually, I was like, I want to see the world now. I, after making the first 12 episodes of Spirit Science, there were a lot of people who were like, hey, do you want to, if you're ever in the area, we'd, I'd love to host you. I'd love to have you, you know? And I was like, that's, a, that's amazing. And I loved to travel, always have since I was a kid. And so I set out to basically stay with various people across the country and across the world um, to just like learn their perspectives and connect with them and, and see kind of what was going on, you know, what other things I could learn from the people around me. I didn't want to just learn from books. I wanted to meet people you wanted to engage yeah exactly so i started to travel and then um at one point i met a friend who was like hey 
I just got some DMT. And that was actually the first psychedelic that I ever tried. You stepped in with DMT. Yeah, but it was like a really light dose. It was like a handshake with God. Because we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how my buddy describes it. When I first tried uh, DMT, he was like, all right, day one, we're just going to get you acquainted. Yeah. You're going to have a handshake with God. Mm-hmm. Day two, you're going to lay down and take a nap with him. I was like, okay, <laughs> cool, cool. So, I mean, I, I, I would say that from that experience, I because it was so light, like the first night that I tried it, I ended up, I just didn't really feel much. I think I felt really heavy. So I just kind of became heavy and curled up in a ball for a while. And I was like, that was weird. Meanwhile, my friend, uh, him and his partner, his partner especially, she was like, you guys were like light particles, geometry <laughs> and shapes and everything was, you know. And so that was pretty cool. I'm glad she had a good experience. And then yeah. the, the next day I tried it again. I had a little bit more and I kept my eyes open and I was like, everything is just liquid. Like the ceiling is liquid. The, the floor is liquid. Everything is just moving like this. This is cool. And then it faded down and then we were we ran out because he only had a little bit. <laughs> so I didn't really have that breakthrough. Everyone's sure. saying like, you're going to go to other dimensions and meet other beings and da, da, da. And I didn't really have that. I just, you know, I, I mostly stayed here, but started to be like, okay, maybe reality is maybe not so solid or maybe the DMT just makes things look liquid. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know. And a couple months went by and then I had acid for the first time. And that was an experience of, I, I don't know how I would describe it. Like I was at this like very small gathering festival kind of thing. Like there was a hundred people, big campfire. There's some EDM music. There was some nice hiking trails, right? It was very nature. You could sleep in a tent or beautiful a small room. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very, it was a very nice, comfortable mm-hmm. size. And I remember just experiencing myself as kind of like a comet. Like there'd be this fire pit over here and this fireplace over here and and all these other different dimensions. And I would be like, I'd like run between them. And I would be like this comet going in and out of different solar systems where every different solar system was the, and I was just experiencing life in a new way. And it it felt very liberating and felt very freeing. And um, yeah, I'll never forget it. And that was on 11-11 of 2011. Wow, whoa. So it was a good day. That's very sacred. Yeah, it was was a good day to (laughs) to get started with, with that. And, you know, I was just kind of open, like, you know, if, if these find me, I'm not really in the position to go hunting for it, but mm-hmm. if they find me, I'm going to continue to explore with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the next one was, I think, around New Year's in Australia. I was with um, some people who are watching this might, might remember the Atlantis King. There's this guy from Australia who I met. His name is Tyler. He's a wonderful soul, and he was making some content similar to mine. And so he he and I hit it off and we connected and he invited me to come out. So I flew to Australia. Wow, cool. And uh, had this wonderful experience with him. And on New Year's uh, into 2012, we had some, some more acid. And um, I had kind of a very strange experience where um, I think some like dark energy or limiting thinking or belief systems or something came out of my head. Like this was weird, but like, I remember waking up in the morning and my head was covered in like, like, like in little dots everywhere. It's like white goo coming out of the top of my, I had very short hair at the time mm-hmm. and I remember washing it and then like some more would kind of come out. Whoa. But I had, but it was, that was, that was post seeded by, or it came after the, um, wait a second. No, I said that wrong. It was preceded by the experience that I'm describing of, I laid down on this mat and I was looking up at, um, at the star Sirius in the sky 
And I coming out of the star was this like dancing angel. And I was just like watching the star becoming this angel of light. And she was like dancing. It was so beautiful. And it just felt like this sort of cosmic blessing I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And then, so then, you know, we had a great night. And then in the morning that this kind of stuff happened. And I was like, okay, this is very strange, but I feel lighter. I feel changed. I couldn't describe how. But since then, um, I think I've experienced a very wide gamut of psychedelics. Like, you know, especially those original ex those ex experiences, I think spirit was really taking care of me. At the same time, I've learned that I have to learn to also take care of myself and regulate how I use them mm. because dark energies and bad experiences can come in just as much as really good ones, depending on the, the circumstances. So in my curiosity to be a sort of self, you know, a, a pioneer for myself of the psychedelics, I've come to, I've had both just the most transcendent and amazing experiences and also some incredibly dark, twisted, scary ones. Mm. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that. Like, you know, it sounds like so far from what I've described, someone listening might be like, wow, I got to get me some acid or mm -hmm. whatever. Right. And I, I actually want to encourage people to like really take the time to learn about it first, because I've, I've put myself through many years of suffering and and just hard or difficult times and challenging circumstances and relationships because i was maybe a little bit too flippant or a little like didn't take the psychedelics or the substances as seriously mm -hmm. because i was like oh no it's always great yeah you were a bit more casual in your approach a bit more casual mm -hmm. i didn't really know about the need for what you could call psychic protection or you know just setting the space the mm -hmm. proper space and setting and substance you know or making sure that everything is really sacred because when you when you don't treat it that way, I mean, I kind of see it like a portal into other. I could I I might say other dimensions, but more so that it makes your awareness more fully aware of yourself and everything around you in all of the dimensions, right? Yeah, you, it expands all, your consciousness. Yeah, you're yeah. already existing multidimensionally. The psychedelics just open yourself up to what's around you. But if you're if you're in a really grungy environment or you're around people who are really, you know, in a uh, in in a darker place themselves, or they themselves are cursed or have you know some some dark entities around them, you might end up opening up yourself to receive those mm -hmm. spirits, and then it might take you. 10, 20 years to, to exercise them from your body because you don't even know that you've been infected. Mm. You know, they, they, it, it, it works that way with food. You know, if we eat some bad food and you don't realize and then it kind of, you know, it, that can affect you for a long period of time, just like long belief systems. You grow up with a belief that you're a worthless piece of shit. You, grow th you go through your whole life thinking so low of yourself, that belief system is going to continually affect you until you rewrite the pattern. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the same way with psychedelics, right? It's, it's brought so much clarity, healing, love, when it's been used properly and also has brought me to these places of like I've, I've realized some very serious uh, mistakes that I've made in my life by um, being too flippant or too casual, as you mm -hmm. said. And, and psychedelics helped you come to that understanding by allowing your awareness to expand. Yeah, it's like a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah. Because, yeah. because it's like by using the psychedelics, I can make a big mess and then I can use more psychedelics to, to solve them. Right, to clean it up a little or bit. Or to make the mess worse. Mm -hmm. Or to even see the mess in the first place. Exactly. A mess that might have been invisible to you or, or buried so deep in your subconscious that it takes an experience like this to... On, to open the hatch exactly yeah yeah exactly you know i used to think that the psychedelics were going to be the answer to solve 
a lot of problems. But I'm realizing now they're just another vehicle, mm -hmm. just as food is, just as meditation is, right? For spirit to play a part in one's life. So if we use them with the intention of growing closer to God, or closer to spirit, then may in doing so, may we reach our arms up to spirit and then spirit reaches his arms back and mm -hmm. pulls us up, right? And mm -hmm. we kind of come closer together. But if we're just like, yeah, no, I can use the psychedelics and I can heal my diseases and heal my whatever, then we're making the, the, the substance itself into the deity. Whereas, right. no, God made the substance. God made the planet, God made the, right? God did it all. And if we, that's what is meant by the biblical commandment, thou shalt not have any gods before me. And I'm, I'm not saying this as like a Christian or trying to preach, go everyone join Catholics. Sure, you know, that's the, just the, what, the that's church. what they meant. Exactly. Yeah. It's like all of the, all of the churches, all of the religion, the Tao says that, mm -hmm. right? Like you can find it in every tradition, right? Krishna says that, <laughs> like, and, and all of them are essentially trying to point to there is a supreme power. You can call it whatever you want to. There is some kind of divine intelligence that is beyond and working its way through everything. It is the way through everything. It is how it is the, the structure and the, the spirit and the essence by which all of reality comes into, into being. And we're essentially like living out and playing that this holographic reality experience within that field. And we are the awareness of that greater thing experiencing itself mm. but we're experiencing ourselves often as this disconnected separate thing right within that matrix and we mm. don't perceive that we're all inter intimately connected but if we can acknowledge that and humble ourselves and say oh my god i i don't know but if there is this divine intelligence that kind of has a greater picture of what's going on then if i can just surrender or submit myself to the higher power you know and say Lord, do with me what you will, whatever that might be, whoever that, however we might want to, you know, communicate with that. Because mm -hmm. everyone's got a different language. Some people might prefer to say spirit or divine intelligence or supreme oneness or whatever, mm -hmm. God. But it's just in that submission, in the allowing yourself to humble yourself before the divine intelligence, then, you know, those, again, those who humble themselves will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. So let that power play a part in your life and then it will lead you to the psychedelic if that's right for you mm -hmm. and to have a better experience with it. But if you're like, now I know what I'm doing and I'm going to go and take care of, you know, kind of arrogantly go off and, and, and try and, and try and write your own story without acknowledgement or awareness of a greater story that's being written. Um, usually we end up kind of going in the wrong way because mm -hmm. we're kind of going against the grain. We're not paying attention to where the current of life is actually trying to take us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we can spend... By doing so, we can circumambulate the center that we're supposed to be getting to. We can spend years going in the wrong way or kind of just going around when if we just went to the center, which means going to our center, going to the pineal, right? And mm -hmm. then the center of the heart. By going to the center, we can learn what the story is for us and then we can walk in that path. And then it's like you and God and all of reality are kind of working together as opposed to the ego thinking it's going to write its own story and the spirit kind of going like, all right, but I'm, I'm trying to get you over here. You'll like this better, but you're not paying attention and you're going after this. I, I got a question for it because I really want to know, you know, that was mm -hmm. such a beautiful description of how um, psychedelics should be viewed as and approached as separate from a deity and the deity that made them or however one wants to um, look at that 
hierarchical system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious what you saw in your own approach to your own content and to the Spirit Science Project. How how did you see your approach begin to change as you kept working with psychedelics? Like over the past, what what has it been? Ten years? A little bit more? You saying my approach to the your all approach, of the work or to your approach to what you wanted to put out and and how you wanted to put it out? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want you st- you wanted to start with twelve episodes, mm-hmm. and then and now it's grown beyond anything that back then you could have comprehended, probably mm-hmm. right. Um, and I'm curious if at any point the integration of your psychedelic experiences allowed you to form a new approach toward creating content yeah. or, or even like new pathways toward interests in even deeper subject matter that you may not have had without some of these psychedelic experiences. Right. Um, you know, uh, Master Elijah described this to me really well the other day. He said, he's like, look, when you started this, you kind of were like a guy with your own little boat with a light on the boat and you were setting off into the unknown. You didn't know where you were going, but you were, you were like, I'm just going to go and find out whatever the truth is. You, I wanted to know it. And I set off on my own. I had a light on that boat and a lot of lost souls and the light was like the videos that I was making. And a lot of these lost souls are people who were also seeking some other truth other than what the traditional mainstream world was telling them. They saw that light and they were like, that looks like what I want. You know, so a lot of people came on board and suddenly I'm the captain of a ship with millions of people, but I didn't really have a destination in mind at first. I was just seeking Mm. and in seeking, a lot of people came to me and started seeking with me and following my videos. But then I think there was a challenge that happened where a lot of people started looking up to me as though I had all the answers. And in doing so, they put me on a pedestal. And then when so many people put me on a I'm millions of people are messaging me and talking to me about how wonderful and life-changing my videos have been and the content has been. It, 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 was, um, it was a lot to deal with. And I went through my own ego trip for a while being like, yeah. <laughs> I am the shit. I am the shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, and, um, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's only from having gone through this journey of 11 years and trying to make, like I just described with the story of the ego, like the, the, my ego being like, well, as if I'm, you know, I can't make mistakes, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this and do that, work with this person and that person. And, and, uh, and I, I created some things that were maybe not the best for me or for even for the audience. Cause I wasn't thinking that I have this responsibility of the spiritual path of all these people. I was just an explorer myself. Right. So people are coming on board, trusting me to be the captain of the captain of the ship, but I don't know where I'm going. And then some people jump ship. And now that's technically on me, even though I didn't really know that I set out to I have guide I, them in the first place. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Sure. So there's been this rapid development in the last few years of like this maturity of how much responsibility I didn't even know that I had to mm. be the best captain that I could be. And in doing so, I'm like, okay, well, I need to know where I'm going. And so I started seeking actual masters and gurus and people who could teach me and guide me so that I could find my way quicker because I didn't know that I really had the proper heading, mm. you know? Um, but I knew that I wanted to help make the world a better place. I wanted to help build communities and build healing centers and places for people to come and explore their spiritual, their spirituality and their practices and to teach, um, 
the material that would be the most impactful for someone, right? Because there's a lot of material. Some of it's useful and maybe some of it's not so much. And like, I think the biggest, the biggest change in the last year, especially has been really getting over the fear of the word God. Like, mm. even though I've been making these cartoons called spirit science for 11 or 12 years, there was always that like, well, you can call it spirit, supreme oneness, divine intelligence, da, 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 da. And I still say that sometimes I said it on this call or this, it's not called, you mm. know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do too many zoom calls. Yeah. yeah. Did it on this, said on the podcast. Cause it's true. Like, like a lot of people have, you know, different ways of describing that mysterious essence that we don't even really have a word for. Or as the Tao says, the word that you can say is not the representation of the eternal thing, right? Right. And so I've come to really be like, just get over that fear of saying God and then embracing that fully and giving everything to it. So I have a hesitancy using the word God mm -hmm. because there's such a religious connotation to it. Yeah. And it feels so co-opted by Christianity, Catholicism to me, because that my family's Italian Catholic and, um, that's the only context I've ever heard it in growing up was by yeah. religious families. And so I've always had a hesitancy, even up to this day. This is the first moment where I'm talking to somebody who also has felt similar, uh, emotions toward that. Um, so how now, and, and I think I just interrupted you, we're about to say this, but how, how did you start to understand your own fear of using that word? And like, what do you, do you have any sense of where that fear came from? And then what? It was the same thing. Yeah. It was the same thing. Cause in the new age world, people would rather associate with the nebulous yes. divine intelligence as the universe, power, as the universe or the supreme power, the yeah. universe is telling me this or, you know, and, and certainly, but then that actually kind of is insulting to the higher intelligence because even by the standards of all the other world religions, the universe was created, created. by Mm -hmm. that power mm -hmm. rather than is that power itself mm -hmm. even in the the in, in the new age world people love the hermetic texts the you know the hermetica and the corp the whole of the corpus hermeticum and even in that it describes that the supreme power is its own living being and it created the cosmos which is in itself a complete and whole created being mm. you know and then we are the created being within the created being by the created being, right, you know, right, like, right. and they're all mirrors of each other to some greater or lesser extent. And it's for us to walk in within that holographic matrix of the created being to know the higher creator beyond it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but it's, it's the same as you, like in, in the, the growing up, God was the word that all the Christians and the Catholic and the, all these traditions would use, especially the Christian one that I grew up in. And I think a lot of people who are in the, the new age world are, they've grown up in a similar way that I did. And probably you did where we kind of grew up Christian or Catholic or whatever. And then we moved away from it because the, the orthodoxy didn't really feel right. So then from this, from, from the new perspective or the new age perspective, if you say God, it's like, Ooh, I prefer spirit. Right. I right. prefer right. a different language. But true unity, you're, you're, we're not going to get to unity if we're living with, that's still a duality of consciousness between those two things. If you're like, well, Christians believe what they believe and I have my, well, that's still a separation. And then that, did, you know, a lot of the ideas though, especially within the new age and whatnot is 
unity between all things and unity consciousness and living as a unified species, right? Getting over the division. So in order to do that, then we, at least this was my understanding was let's just look at all of the traditions together and use all of the names, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but because God is the most triggering, I've been using that more lately because I'm like, no, I, I kind of want to stir the pot a little bit right, because right. if I can say something that might help someone get over their concerns with that word, maybe they can come to integrate those original teachings too. Like this last year, I started reading the Bible for the first time, which I, I knew I would do one day, but it took some time for me to get there and kind of acknowledge it because I was like, oh, I want to read the Bhagavad Gita and I want to read the Upanishads mm -hmm. and I want to read the Tao and I want to read the Quran you know, and everything else. Exactly. Yeah. Go through all of these these books. And I, I kind of like was like, well, I'll get to the, the Bible later. Um, but now that I've actually started reading it, I'm like, oh, I'm learning a lot from it and being more comfortable in speaking about it and the different wisdom teachings that are in it and making the appropriate connections to other traditions if it's called for. But, you mm -hmm. know, again, it's like it, it depends on who you're talking to. For a person who is Christian, if you want to make an impact in their life, it's not necessarily your job or, you know, our job to like, oh, well, y yeah, Jesus is great, but have you seen how he might be similar to, 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 to all these other, you know? Mm -hmm. But you can just focus on Jesus. You can just focus on what they already know and provide a deeper level of understanding just through being the embodiment of the teachings rather than having to turn everything into a teaching moment. Mm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Cause that's really how we, how we teach is by living by example. Yeah. And I'm, I'm learning to try and put these practices into practice or the teachings into practice, uh, more so than, than trying to just explain them. I think it does more good in the world if the teachings are embodied mm -hmm. rather than, uh, just spoke vocalized about. And, or communicated. Yeah. You can and, communicate through behavior as yeah. exactly. This was the big challenge that I had, I think with spirit science over the years was I was talking about all of these things, but I wasn't always putting them into practice. And I would talk about how important it is to mm. meditate. And I would go through waves where I was meditating every day. And I would also go through ways waves where I wasn't, you know? Um, but I think people would, they would just assume that I always was because I was the spirit science guy, mm -hmm. you know, and that I'm just naturally the guy who's going to be making, uh, he, he, I do everything perfectly because right. they watch the cartoons and they're like, well, the cartoons are great. Right. Clearly this guy must float from his bedroom to his bathroom. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. In fact, I spent, I feel, I feel like I've wasted a lot of time in the last 10 years, not doing what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. You know, I should have been meditating every single day. I should have been more respectful of different plant medicines. I should have been, you know, all of these things. And I have had to come really kind of to repent a little bit and go to God with like, I am so sorry. I didn't even know mm. that I was so going the wrong direction, mm -hmm. you know, and having my own version of what some people might be a, say as a come to Jesus kind of experience. The difference being that, you know, in my come to Jesus, I'm not abandoning all of the love that I have for all the traditions. I'm taking all of it to heart, but it, it doesn't matter if I know everything and I'm not living it. It's more about how am I living? Who am I being in every single moment? And am I walking in the right path? Am I walking the middle way, mm -hmm. right? As both Jesus, Lao Tzu and Buddha would describe, am I walking the middle path or am I not? Because if I'm not, something's wrong. Mm. And you can identify that by the quality of the life and how you feel and how you experience and what you say and what you do and the experiences that you have with other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Um, have you found that integrating uh, psychedelics has allowed you to like 
retain information better? Like, has how, do you do you integrate psychedelics with the intention of um, learning about a specific subject in a deeper way than if you were just sober and just had <laughs> had a glass of water that day instead of a quarter tab or a little bit of mushrooms? Do, do you ever enter a, a learning phase? A with little that type of action. A little bit. You know mm-hmm. what's actually amazing is the the greatest thing that helped me with memory altogether was the book Limitless um, by Jim Quick because mm-hmm. he provides instructions. Was the movie based on the book? Bradley Cooper movie Limitless? No. Completely different, right? Completely different. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. But, 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 but the Limitless book, he actually explains how to essentially have perfect memory by building a neural network of understanding. Like even the best one that I ever thought of was the, the learning people's names better. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at someone, most people have a very difficult time when they see a face and they see a name, they struggle to keep those together for a long period of time. So then it takes a meeting multiple times. Sorry, what was your name again? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, but if you can make a connection between the face and the name and a few other ideas of the circumstance, and you, mm-hmm. you're kind of building a neural network of thought, then you have an easier time remembering them because you're like, yes, you, I remember you because we were standing next to a fire hydrant and it was red and, a, you know, red, was your name or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I read, <laughs> that was your um, nickname. Was yeah, there was, there was a sim, a similar, uh, process to that was, um, that I read in a book by one of the memory champions of the world who, who talked about, uh, taking the first letter of somebody's name mm-hmm. and matching that to something in the environment. Mm-hmm. So if it's Rachel and there's a red fire hydrant, that's how you would remember it. Something like that. There's some kind of Sounds connection similar. that you yeah. can kind of piece it together. Yeah. So as far as the psychedelics goes, I would say um, absolutely. But then also sometimes like I'll spend five hours in a journey, you know, because anytime you have a good amount of mushrooms or LSD, like it's a marathon. you got to yeah. plan the day to yeah. be open and the right music and all of these things. But I might have an entire day of an experience and then not remember. I'm like, what just happened? Like, I know I feel changed, but I don't really remember Mm -hmm. where I went for like three quarters of that, you know? Totally. (laughs) And so that can happen too. And, um, you know, lately, um, there was, uh, there there was a book that I was reading called the Tao of physics. Uh, We spoke about it briefly earlier and I have been like you, a microdose of LSD with that book has been very valuable in building the the mental synapses for me of understanding quantum mechanics in a new way because he's really explaining a lot and it's very heady it's very difficult to understand mm-hmm. and so i i have practiced a little bit with some psychedelics in helping me to understand it at the same time there other times where i read the book and i'm just sober i'll just you know kind of get a little more meditative and sit down and and read it and reread it so i you know i cuz i i really and, and that still helps That's, I, I still learn the same material. I think that it's important to not suggest that the psychedelics are the answer for kind of any of these. Like you can use it to learn more. You can learn it to evolve your consciousness. You can use them to heal traumas. But if we just say that that's the way that you learn more or heal traumas or da, 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 you know, right. that's when we right. kind of are once again putting the cart before the horse or putting, you know, saying that that is the way when there's a higher way at work and for a lot of people psychedelics are not going to be the best pathway for them right like not everyone's going to drink ayahuasca not everyone's going to take dmt at the same time you know over the next five or 10 15 years 
I think we're going to see a lot more of it becoming a, more of a mainstream thing. There's already ketamine clinics that mm -hmm. are, you know, people starting to work with them therapeutically to heal their stuff. And for people who both have the drive to do so, the will to do so, that's a wonderful vehicle so long as they're doing it in the right way. Mm -hmm. I just know from having done it and, um, you know, like even reading, you know, sometimes like I, there has been a time where I, I did the same thing, had a psychedelic, started reading and two hours went by and I'm like, I've got through one page. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. because yeah. my mind's going so many places at mm -hmm. once. It does. It's not so consistent yeah. that you can, you, 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 every time that you go and read, you're just going to be enlightened afterwards. Right. right? It's not that type of, of tool. It's, it, you don't use it as much as it speaks through you and, and guides you rather than you choosing what you're going to do today and how this psychedelic is going to benefit you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I appreciate them so much and I wouldn't be where I am today without them. I think that my experiences have been though so intense on both sides of the spectrum mm -hmm. that I'm I'm like, how can I be a voice for helping people find the moderation in it so that it's used very responsibly and we collectively take it seriously? Because when people are just like, yeah, bro, like take take the ayahuasca and you're just gonna heal everything and it's just the ultimate answer mm -hmm. and people kind of take it a little more casually collectively, I think it does a greater disservice yeah. to the movement of it becoming more socially acceptable and respected. Yeah. You know, that's why, um, you know, I, I, I didn't smoke weed until I was 18 and then I didn't again until I was like 25 or 26. And, wow. and so I was never really a weed guy. I always had this weird thing about my lungs cause I play basketball and just the, the visual thought of smoke entering my lung, lungs mm -hmm. was always a huge turnoff for me. Mm -hmm. um, now it's fun and I can approach cannabis with a different mindset. Uh, but I, I saw over the years how weed has gotten um, positioned in society as an essential business. It was mm -hmm. essential during the pandemic. MedMen was essential out here. The weed shops in California were as open as grocery stores. Wow. And there are thousands of people in jail for nonviolent weed crimes. Still, mm -hmm. still. Um, and I, I wonder though, playing off what you just said, you know, weed was the first um, illegal drug to make it into the mainstream mm -hmm. um, and become a, a, a capitalistic business. Right. Up next seems to be psilocybin yep. and mushrooms. Yeah. And... I wonder, I worry about that um, because of exactly what you just said. The, the what, what is the word? Commercialization of mushrooms mm -hmm. uh, would rip away the hundreds, thousands of years of, of practice and care and stewardship that people have put into that mm -hmm. medicine and, 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 and how other cultures have guided that medicine through other people to allow evolution within their culture. And then that spread and it helped everybody evolve. Um, and so I wonder that that's what has me a little worried about that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if we're going to hit a point where that ends up happening. And, and are you, are you concerned about that at all for mushrooms or for anything else within yeah. that category? You know, it's funny. It's, it's, it's a yes and no, just like with cannabis, mm -hmm. because likewise with cannabis, I think it's, better that it's legal than it is illegal but i also think it's better that there's good education about it yeah so that people know what they're doing and how to use it because even still 
I, yeah, I think it's better that it's legal today, but I would, I think it would be far even greater if people knew how much value could be attained from having it and then meditating right. or having it, having, using it with a sacred intention. Mm -hmm. Likewise, with all of these things, people are going to be taking mushrooms, buying it from the store and just having like a, a good time. And, you know, in many cases, it'll probably lead to a lot of benefit for people, spontaneous spiritual transformations and such, right? Just as, as we likely have both had at the same time, you know, I've had a lot of bad trips with psilocybin as well. And that's also, I mean, hopefully as it comes out, there will be more respect. I mean, I think that that's the best thing that we can both hope for and work towards is that it is, as it comes out, it is respected. You know, like even if there was some kind of material or a class or something that could be universally, that could come along with it so that it's like, all right, you're going to take mushrooms please watch this video so that you understand right. the history yeah. and the da, da, da. But then there's a challenge with that because then if the government is the one who's putting that out, you're like, I don't know if I would really mm -hmm. trust. They got to hire you and give Patchman full creative reign. I would be more than happy to provide <laughs> any service and support to that endeavor. That would be and, incredible. And likewise and so forth for all of the adjacent psychedelics as they become more legal and available, mm -hmm. which I think is ultimately going to be a good thing because it teaches people regardless, even if people have a very bad experience, it can be a, a learning vehicle or a learning tool for understanding the intensity and the severity mm -hmm. and the multidimensionality of the mind and the heart and the mm -hmm. emotions and the interconnections of us all. And if everybody was taking more of these, they would start to recognize, wow, like they, they, they start to perceive other dimensions of their selves and each other and hopefully come a little bit closer to themselves and each other. And in doing so come closer to, to what could be described as spirit. But even in then, you know, like, like you said, like, I, I don't really like using the word God, you said. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for a lot of people. A lot of people might really get a lot of value out of the psychedelics and they don't want to use the word God because they don't believe in God. The point shouldn't be believing in God. You know, it's, it doesn't really matter what I believe. And if there is a spirit or not, maybe all of those experiences that I've had is come to Jesus moments and moments of divine revelation or meeting, meeting God in whatever capacity. And maybe that was all just a, a, a way for my own imagination and, uh, you know, my soul, if I have one or my consciousness, right. To, to know itself a little bit better and come closer to wholeness. It could be all something that's just within me from the perspective of an atheist that could be very well true. And I don't want to insist that if, if you're an atheist and you're a really good person, I don't want to have, I don't want to try and change your mind. You have a beautiful mm -hmm. perspective. If you're living your life and you're doing good work in the world, you're giving to others, you're supporting charities, you're helping the homeless or the sick or the impoverished in some way. And we're, you're trying to make the world a better place. I think you've got it right. You know, cause that's what it's really about. It's doing good in the world. Not so much about, trying to make everyone believe the same thing. Mm -hmm. We don't have to believe the same thing, you know, and, and it's likely that we're not ever all going to believe the same thing. But if we're making the world a better place genuinely by actually doing good things, then I think we're on the right track because that's a higher, that's, that's true virtue, right? And mm -hmm. we should be striving for virtue and being virtuous rather than proselytiz proselytization. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the value that you put in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, dude. I love that. Thank you. Um, as we near the end, I want to go rapid fire with a couple fun questions. You ready for this? Great. Okay, Let's cool. All right. Um, 
We'll start with this. Uh, this doesn't rapid fire. You don't have to answer in in two words. One answer. Um, what's what is like one of the silliest, happiest, most joyful, laugh fueled experiences you have had on psychedelics? And as you think of this, and interrupt me if it comes to you automatically. Mine, I discussed on my buddy Nate's episode. Mm-hmm. It was my first time doing LSD, and we saw Jamie XX at Lightning in a Bottle Music Festival out here in California. And um, afterwards, they play the cleanup song at LIB. Have you been to that festival before? In 2012. Okay, cool. Yeah. So they play the cleanup song. Clean up, clean up. And everybody walks around and cleans up like trash or water bottles or whatever. That's and, adorable. And Nate has a germ thing where he is weird about like touching doorknobs. And and that's fine. Everybody's got a tick. But when it comes to trash on the ground, that's like his nightmare. And so when they were playing the song, we both felt empathy with our environment and felt like we were being called to pick up trash. But he was like fighting this inner battle of not wanting to touch other people's trash. And we couldn't stop laughing about it. It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever experienced was watching this guy wrap his like sweater while his eyes or his pupils are as big as quarters and he's walking around picking up water bottles like I don't want to do that but you're welcome I'm doing this because I love the world and thank you for having me here and you're welcome but I don't like touching other people's trash and it was just it was the funniest fucking thing dude and of course we processed it and talked about it later and it was it was um, just a really fun insane experience in that's, that one moment in time that's so funny mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I don't know that I actually have a singular answer for you. And mm-hmm. so I, I might, I hope I don't disappoint you with this answer. But it I won't. Was, but, but even if I were to try and describe the funniest experience or joyful and jubilant, like, you know, experience with a psychedelic, I don't know that telling that story would do justice to the experience because just talking about it isn't the same as when you go through it. And you oh, are absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're ass off yeah. for hours. Like, yeah. You know, and, but yeah. I've definitely been there a number of times. And they're always just, it's like it brings your soul to, I mean, it doesn't even have to happen with psychedelics, but with, you know, it might accentuate it. And I just know that I've, I've definitely fallen, I've, I've ruffled for real. Yeah, I've yeah, rolled yeah. rolled on the floor totally, laughing for totally, hours totally. with the joy of having a funny moment, funny moments and experiences with friends awesome. in, in meaningful circumstances. Yeah. Ruffling ro- is, uh, is the goal. That yeah. is, that's a beautiful experience to have. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I hope that was. Absolutely. You know. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. If, if, it became a requirement mm-hmm. for a United States presidential candidate mm-hmm. to have a psychedelic experience in order to run for president. What do you think that substance should be? <laughs> if it if if somebody wanted to run for president and they were they it was a legal requirement. Mm-hmm to have a psychedelic experience, what type of psychedelic experience do you think would best benefit a potential U.S. presidential candidate? I think that's a bit of a trick question because mm. if it was a requirement for them to try one, they should probably try them all mm-hmm. so that they have the widest array of conscious awareness of the different, the multidimensionality of the self. Mm. I think it's it would be inappropriate to just say, here, try DMT. Mm-hmm. And what's it, which kind? Because... Mm-hmm. And NDMT takes your awareness out into the field and, uh, and, and you participate in the multidimensional reality that's sort of 
all around you, potentially, and even other, other planets. 5-MeO DMT plays your body like a singing bowl, whereas your body mm -hmm. of consciousness kind of goes, yep. and you, you don't have very many visuals. NN is all visual. 5-MeO is like this. That's You just whereas, described my experience on it, so yeah. Yeah. Ayahuasca, on the other hand, uh, you are likely going to be throwing up, but LSD, maybe not so much. Some of them last five to 10 minutes, others last eight hours, right? So I think that if it was required, then the best thing would be a, a kind of like, here's the buffet. In order to get to this point here, you have to go and experience them all mm -hmm. with the proper training and information instruction all along the way so that by the end of it, they genuinely have a higher level of enlightenment instead of just sort of being like tossed into the ocean. Good luck if you can swim. Sure. And if you still want to be president after, <laughs> good for you, right? Yeah. There would almost be like a We hope you're light. a little bit better. You know, yeah. but I, I heard an idea uh, recently, uh, which is just that if there were actually more consequences for an individual running for president, then it wouldn't just be available to anybody. You know how they say the people who are best suited for the job are the ones who don't want it? Yeah. Right. So if there was a severe, like if you were impeached, there was a severe punishment for doing so rather than, oh, you just lose the job. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, right. You know, if, yeah. like you're, if you, if you abuse the public trust to such a great degree that, that, you, that the collective body of body politic or the body of society says that they do not want you in their leadership position anymore. And you're going to, you're going to spend the rest of your life in jail or you're going to have a beheading mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah, or yeah. some Be kind stoned of, in the town square. Yeah, 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 exactly. We go back 2000 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if there was a punishment like that, people would take that job far seriously, far more seriously. And then you would actually have leaders who are, who would, who would not abuse the public trust and not get impeached by doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there would be a lot more. I think I think it would increase trust because they know that they're in a position where they have to do a good job and they would not do do things that would go against the collective interest of everybody mm -hmm. moving in a positive direction mm -hmm. because right now I think and I think the root of your question about well, which psychedelic would they want to take that comes from um, the feeling like the people in power are out of alignment with the people in general yeah with the oh people. that's exactly where it comes from right yeah and that maybe by having psychedelics maybe they would get a little bit more into the awareness of of how to be a good leader yeah right again if 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 multiple things were set up you know there, here's here's the consequences here's the pathway to get involved right here's here's what you need to learn mm -hmm. you know in order to be a good leader then it's going to reduce the amount of people who run for president but it's going to increase the quality of those people tremendously. Mm -hmm. You know, the people who are actually virtuous would be in power rather than whoever wants the power for themselves so that they can use it and abuse it and be selfish. A, a much better answer than I was hoping for. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, because it's not a question where you could just say MDMA and be done with it. So I, I appreciate that. Oh, That's that awesome. would have been a good one too. But MDMA, I, mean, I do think... 
I, if there's got to be one, I and mean, then that's they, up and there. then yeah, they sort of, the the, pre, the president to be got to take MDMA, uh-huh. MDMA, and then have a, like a cuddle puddle. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, with a big furry coat and yeah. just deep bass music. That would be speaking of music. That would be adorable. You're uh, <laughs> a, a music fan, I would assume, a mm. connoisseur of mm. sorts. You probably have a wealth of of musicians and and styles that you've listened to over time. That's very true. Um, I'm gonna throw out different psychedelic substances, and I would love to hear. If if you've experienced this part, any particular psychedelic, um, what your preferred music would be, artists. If you have an artist to throw out, you could throw out a couple. If I say MDMA, you might say this person, or maybe this or this, because um, I've got a few as well, and I'll just make it easy. I'll give you four or five. Okay. All right. And if no music is the answer, that's also totally fine. That's, and if yeah. the answer is not is completely different. No, that's it's also welcome. It's a tricky. I'll do my best. Do but, your best. But, but it's a tricky. Answer. It's tricky because it varies so much. It varies by set setting, who you're with, what your intention is, and the and, amount, and just with time and like, time. I, sure, I've made playlists before specifically for using with plant medicine or with mm-hmm. psychedelics, and then later I'll go through a phase of you know, um, let's say even recently I'm reading the Bible. And then I'm starting to listen to these like epic orchestras that are like praising the Lord. Wow. And I'm like, this is all I need now. That's pretty cool. You know, and I, yeah. I haven't touched the other playlist for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even then to describe what's on the playlist, I'm like, you really just have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't name one artist because it's this blending of all of these different, right. you know, these musical talents yeah. that I just, I love and respect so much. Yeah. So from that perspective, I'll do my best, but, okay, you know. Gotcha. Ready? Mm-hmm. MDMA. <laughs> and, um, I, I think I would say something very gentle and relaxing and peaceful and maybe instrumental because I imagine if I'm if I'm having MDMA, I'm probably reading or um, being close with people I love. You know, having cool. a cuddle pot or something. So I'd be like slow, gentle instrumentals that are that is uplifting to the soul. Awesome, right on. Um, how about Aya? Well, traditionally, I've always listened to, uh, or I've listened to like the Icaros and the mm-hmm. a lot of those like Colombian music, lots of drumming and singing traditionally. So that's kind of the only frame of reference that I have with Aya. So I would probably say that because, generally speaking, I wouldn't do ayahuasca anyways unless I was at an appropriate place to experience it. Mm-hmm. I've also experienced it in perfect silence, which is also nice, but. The music kind of steers the experience oftentimes. Yeah. The, the different music that you play will change the quality of the experience and what you see and what, you, you know, the, the nature of the visions. So, yeah, I would probably say more of a traditional, like, Colombian, South South, South and Central American music, um, that kind of stuff. And it's usually a setting, too. Like, it's not just you have the ayah and you have the music. You're also in, yeah, a, it's, you're it's, in a maloca. You're with a right, shaman. Right. It's yeah. not something you do on the couch at 8 p.m. At night in your yeah. apartment. You You're don't really do chill. that. Yeah. <laughs> drink some Let me have some ayah tea and put on, you know, some bass music. That doesn't happen. Um, or maybe it does. Maybe for some the, people. I think knows? the shamans who brew it, especially down in Central and South America, mm-hmm. I think that they might, some some of them might microdose it, you know. I have like, heard of that. To, yeah, to yeah, some yeah. Degree. yeah, sure. Yeah, um, how about LSD? Um, now, is it LSD by itself or I'm, I'm mixing it with other things? Um, let's go LSD solo. Solo. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there is. I mean, I would, I would recommend like my playlist, except, you know, again, it, uh, there's um, a playlist that I created that has a lot of different music from like both the new age world that also mixes in with these like traditional 
praise hymns and songs of many, many different cultures from around the world. So it's a, it's a very colorful kind of rainbow, wow. kaleidoscope rainbow of music. And it's always different. You know, the whole playlist is like 20 or 30 hours. So I couldn't name any. Is this on Spotify? Yeah. Can you send it to me? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Feel Good Now. Oh, that's amazing. We yeah. could we could even put it up uh, in the YouTube on the description. To. I, I love sharing the cool. link for it. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, how about psilocybin? Also feel good now. Also feel good. Right on. Yeah. Or, or I mean, even with, with LSD and psilocybin and these ones, um, there's two playlists. One is the Feel Good Now, which has a lot of, it's a, you know, there's, there's lyrics and there's instrumentals, but there's a lot of lyric songs in it. And then there's New Paradigm Flow, which is kind of the same thing, but instrumental only. Mm. So then it's, it's, you know, depending on what you're doing, if you're wanting to just dance and stuff, you could probably feel good. Now, if, if you're trying to read or just set a mood and, you know, you have a microdose with a friend and you're playing chess or whatever, you could play the instrumental one mm. and it just kind of sets the background music and it, it's, it's a wonderful atmosphere. That Very cool. Atmosphere creator. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, so with Patchman and Spirit Science, do you have a vision for the future? Do you have a grand plan or are you kind of flowing now and continuing to discover whatever unravels within? Um, it's both. Mm -hmm. It's both. I have like my own vision of what I've seen. There's also the surrendering to a higher vision that I'm still receiving. And um, there is some collaborations and partnerships with others and wanting to support their visions because uh, certain groups like like Arcadian American Farms, mm -hmm. they've put together some amazing, like they're just doing amazing things in the world. And I really want to support them in that and what they're creating. So it's a, it's a bit of both, right? Like I see some things for myself down the road. Um, I see this long-term vision of wanting to create, you know, the, the healing center and academy location. And then there's some of the collaborations that I'm working on uh, with others who are just absolutely outstanding people and doing really, really important, amazing work in the world. Cool. And I want to help that to flourish too. And in some ways, those visions, you know, may even fit together, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, brother. Um, well, thank you so much for cruising out. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to dip into before we take off? You know, I mean, there's a, we could probably sit here for hours mm -hmm. and talk about so many subjects. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I'm just, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to sit here with you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, I mean, if you have any last minute questions, I'm, I'm open for it. I, I will call you and text you and bug you with many more questions. Um, but I do want people to know where they can find everything. The best place is, uh, just spirit science on YouTube mm -hmm. or, uh, spiritverse.app. We have a free, you know, like a social network, like a spiritual social network that's available, available for people. And we're building an online mystery school and academy for people to come and participate at higher levels, receive kind of higher levels of spiritual learning. And so we're, we're doing a lot to try and facilitate community and bring people together regardless of their beliefs or, you know, if they're atheist, agnostic, spiritual, Christian, mm -hmm. Muslim, whatever the pathway is, if they want to explore spiritual learning without the dogmatic judgment of, you know, some people are afraid to tell their parents that they're interested in some new age, you know, chakras or whatever, because their family's Christian or, you know, and that there's some co conflict there. If people are looking for a space to discuss openly their spirituality and hopefully in that find a higher or deeper resonance within them spirit versus a place that we've created to do just that awesome well dude i gotta say i love patch man i, I have so much love for you and the, and the work that you do and and how you do it and how you communicate it 
Um, you've helped me grow so much as a, as a person and a being in this finite world we live. So thank you for hanging, dude. Wow. And thank you for coming out to the lair to thank kick it. That's the new name we have, by the way, everybody. You know the wolf. This is the wolf's lair now. And you were such a big uh, part in bringing that name to fruition. So thank you, bro. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a treasure and a pleasure. Absolutely. See you guys. And that's the show. Thank you guys so much for checking in to this week's trip with Jordan River. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel, Spirit Science. Check out Spirit Science on Instagram. You can follow my comedy channel, Brent Pella, on YouTube. And check out brentpella.com shows for all of my stand updates coming up. I love you all so much. I'll see you next week.